Haters cause they anus. They don't hate us cause they ain't us. They don't hate us cause they ain't us. I'm used to it, they hate us cause they ain't us. Stop it, stop it, don't say it again. Haters gonna hate. Searching for the unusual, the obscure, the forgotten treasures hidden deep within streaming media. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. Plane in the sun! Get below! Look out! Get below! Dive the boat! Dive the boat! Take it down to 150 feet, steer course 090. Continue to dive. Hello, divers! Welcome once again to the Deep Dive Podcast, a never-ending quest to find the hidden gems and odious swill lurking below the surface of your favorite streaming services. Each week, we make our picks, each of us unaware of the other's choices. Until now, I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wang's Shop Movie Magazine, available on Amazon.com. I say it faster every week. Joining me, <laughs> as always, from the world's only gluten-free paper mache store, The Mandalorian herself. Hi, Manda. It's me, the Mandalorian. What's up? Yes. Did, did you hear they announced a date for season two? Yes. And I, what is it? <gasps> October 30th? October 30th. Wow. Just before Halloween. I think Halloween. that's key. Exactly. I think that's key because they're, they're gearing up for something special, I bet. But in other news, it is me, the Mandalorian, back with you for another wonderful hate field. Uh, oh. No, sorry. Uh, well, this one is, <laughs> yes. This one might be, actually. But it's going to be a fun episode. So, as you guys know, last week, or the week before, I should say, we released an episode of movies that we cherish, that we love so much, that are so endearing to us, but that everyone else hates. Yes, this indeed. week, we decided, you know what? We're not that smart. Let's just reverse it and see what happens. Ma and that's what we did. Ah, uh, I can't wait. <laughs> but before we get into the meat and potatoes of our show, I just want to take a few minutes to really encourage everyone to listen to our latest microcast. If you haven't, you really should, because it's 10 minutes after day, and it might just be one of the most important episodes that we have released. In fact, I think, Tom, you did a fantastic, some might even say marvelous job oh, on this microcast. So with the puns. My but um, no, it, it is, of course, dedicated to the late Chadwick Boseman, mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. we lost a little over a week ago, and who I find myself just deeply mourning. Um, it, it sort of unexpectedly, right? Um, right. But it was a, it was a real, I, it was a real kick in the teeth. It was. Not only are we looking at uh, the pandemic and, of course, world economy is taking a nosedive, but interestingly enough, I found that with missing something that you've lost comes a a gratitude for what has been, mm. right? And how lucky are we to say that we were alive and experienced Bozeman's T'Challa? Because I, I think it might just be one of my favorite super movie heroes mm -hmm. of all time. And I got to be honest, I, I didn't know too, too much about Black Panther uh, before the before the movie, before I learned that it was being made. But I got to say, uh, at, at one point, I was hyper aware of that here is this opportunity for diversity amongst, uh, you know, the Marvel superhero universe. At the other hand of it, I was just so excited that this was a cool dude. This is a cool superhero. And I was behind it 100%. Um, 
having said that, you know, I, I'm definitely sad. Obviously it's still sad, but I, I am excited to see what Marvel and Disney will do for this character. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to follow the same lines, if we're going to get to see his sister take the mantle. Um, you know, who knows? Cause of course everyone knows that we could use more female superheroes, but yeah, yeah it's just, um, I, I would really encourage anyone to listen to that episode. It was just so, it was so well thought out, well presented and, you know, we dedicated it to dedicated to the memory of Chadwick Boseman, who was just a really cool dude, oh, and yeah, who we're just totally. going to really miss. You know, yeah. and this uh, this episode, the microcast, was a last minute thing. Uh, we had already mm-hmm. uh, we had already planned on uh, doing the microcast about like famous movie flops and things like that, but that will be on the next microcast. We're going to save that for the next one. Um, yeah, but uh, I, this, this I am, just felt right. Yeah. And the, and the response has been very cool. And, you know, it's something that I felt we, you know, should should do something about honor it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I just, uh, you know, it really it hit me harder than I thought it would because yeah. it was so unexpected, yeah. I think. And it's one yeah. of those like, oh, come on, 2020. What else you got? I mean, that's just, you know, come on. It's at, ridiculous. at this point, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to see what the rest of the year is yeah. going to come up with. But but yeah, it's. It, Man, it still really hurts, and I think uh, you know if you listen to that episode, I think you'll you'll understand just how much um, how much reverie there is for this person and this character across uh, gender, race, uh, you know, countries, everything. So uh, give it a listen. It's only about ten minutes long. In fact, most of our microcasts are quite short, like yeah. that, just to give you a brief taste of what's coming up. But uh, take a listen to it. And um, if you have any thoughts, we would love for you to share them with us mm-hmm. on our Instagram, yep. our Facebook, our Twitter. You can email us at the Deep Dive Podcast. We love hearing from you. Which, by the way, Ooh. rolls me into my next point. Drum roll, please. I'm going to have – do we have a drum roll sound effect? Not uh, not, no. in, not on me. No, I'm going to have to okay, add that enough. later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a huge surprise. And it is a big surprise. And it has to do with – contacting us oh oh yeah i know i'm gonna leave it there but stay tuned at the end of the episode i am gonna lay out all i'm gonna lay it all out for you you say contact tracing is that what you said (laughs) oh funny 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 (laughs) but no no so let's just roll into it sounds good to me you want to go first sure sure all Um, right so i only have one film because really yeah because i only need one film (laughs) okay all right now as we all know there are those movies that become so ingrained in pop culture that quotes from it become part of our vernacular for Mm -hmm. example you're gonna need a bigger boat from jaws or i've got a feeling we're not in kansas anymore from the wizard of oz or you can't handle the truth from a Muppet Christmas Carol. <clears throat> <laughs> or no. Or, or this little gem. Life was like a box of chocolates. <laughs> no. Yeah. No! Yeah. No! My, my first pick is the much beloved <laughs> '90s era bad history lesson known as Forrest Gump. I loathe this movie. Wow. And for many reasons. And you know what? None of those have anything to do with the acting, directing, or any other technical aspect 
of the film. Those are pretty much flawless. And Tom Hanks was and still is a fantastic actor. Now, the director of this film, Robert Zemeckis, who, of course, did Back to the Future, among many other films, he has always been kind of on the cutting edge of cinema technology, which he did use to great effect in Forrest Gump with the you know inserting Gump digitally into various historical mm-hmm. moments. You know, and I, so I don't dispute any of that on a technical level. But this movie is revisionist history garbage. It is ostensibly the heartwarming story of an idiot bumbling through late 20th century history, yet he has a profound impact on other presumably much smarter people that he meets along the way. Now, what does this say about our society? That some wandering simpleton, completely oblivious to events unfolding around him, is better able to change the world than scientists, religious figures, or world leaders. Forgive me for this, but that's horrible. That is really a terrible thing to espouse in a movie. Seriously. I mean, for most of it, Forrest stares blankly, spouting southern fried platitudes he got from his mama, hardly showing any emotion at all. He doesn't really learn or change in a meaningful way. He is part of and witness to some of the most important events in American history, yet doesn't have the mental capacity to appreciate or even recognize what's going on. Now, it's bad enough that the people in the movie gravitate to this character as some kind of guru, but the fact that audiences mirrored that same fervor when it came to the film is beyond me. I don't get it. There are people that really, really go gaga over Forrest Gump. Oh, it's so sweet. Gump is so sweet. Blah, 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 blah. No, that is absolutely not the case. You know, he's oblivious, completely oblivious during the whole movie. He basically falls over himself into important events and changes them because people believe that what he's saying is some great, uh, you know, some some fantastic insight into things in the world. It's not. And the fact that people follow this and love it is just, it's flabbergasting to me. It really, really is. Now, uh, from your reaction, I'm assuming you like this movie. Is that right? Here, here's the thing. I, I don't, I wouldn't say like I absolutely love it, but I didn't hate it. And I'm, I'm shocked that you would hate a Tom Hanks film. See, I see, that's the thing. I got, I got nothing against Tom Hanks or his, or his performance with the exception of that accent. Uh, oh but, yeah, true. But, you know, it's just that this message, whatever the message of the film is, it's murky at best. At worst, it's some uh, baby boomer fantasy world. Uh, You know, and it just uh, it just riled me. It riled me the first time I saw it. And Mm -hmm. and it just got worse and worse over the years as I I started thinking about it. I've seen it a couple of times since then. But Mm -hmm. one of the one of the really troubling things about this movie for me is the treatment of the two main female characters, Mrs. Gump and Jenny. Mm-hmm. Now you think about poor Mrs. Gump. She's a single mother. She has to devote her entire life to protecting her boy. No career, no chance at happiness or personal fulfillment. And in the movie, she agrees to sleep with the school principal so Forrest can go to public school, even though his IQ is only 75 which is only like five points below, you know, being able to get into public school. 
So she's forced mm-hmm. to so she's forced to endure basically sexual assault. It's consensual, yes, but the principal doesn't really give her any other options. And that's terrible. Uh, now, Mrs. Gump is, as portrayed by Oscar-winning actress Sally Field, is a very smart and independent woman. But this is supposed to show how far she's willing to go to help her son. But at the very least, it's problematic, morally. And especially the scene where young Forrest hears them going at it. I mean, it's supposed to be funny, but it isn't. It's just kind of sad. And, you know, moving along to, you know, Forrest's pseudo-girlfriend, Jenny, she gets the worst of it. You know, in the, firm's, in the film's early minutes, she's kind and protective of Forrest as he's bullied by other kids. But we soon discover she's being raised by an abusive father. So she ultimately runs away from home. So Jenny does the right thing and leaves, but she suffers greatly for it. She lives a sad, nomadic life filled with drugs and bad relationships. The movie kind of makes it seem like she should have stayed at home with Forrest and kept being abused. That, that somehow being with him would have been better. But they keep crossing paths over the years, and she keeps him at arm's length for most of the movie. Now, she knows that Forrest would never do anything to hurt her, but she can't bring herself to be in an intellectually one-sided relationship. Now, she's not wrong, and she does her best not to lead Forrest on, but then she has a moment of weakness, and then she gets pregnant with Forrest's baby and runs away again. You know, they're... Reunited, years later, Forrest finds out about his son, freaks out. But hey, plot twist, the kid is really smart. Little Haley Joel Osment. Uh, Mm. They go back home, get married, and live happily ever after, right? No. Jenny has a mysterious virus, probably AIDS, and dies. The end. Now, this smart little kid is going to have to take care of Forrest for the rest of his life. And people feel uplifted by this it's like you know um okay boomer i'm not a smart man but i know what love is no forrest no you don't you don't know what love is i know i'm a smart man and i know i hate this movie there you go now you can fight me on this all you want but i think this is awful it's an awful message it doesn't know what it's trying to say is it a satire no, I don't think it's a satire. It's very earnest and straightforward in, in what it's doing. So what is what is the message here of this movie? You know, it's like, you know, pick pick a philosophy and go with it. I, I really don't understand why this movie is so popular. Are people just oblivious like Forrest is to, to what's going on? You know, that's kind of what I'm what I'm right. what I think about when I when I watch this movie. Now, I will say my feelings on this can best be expressed by famous 1860s newspaper critic Jebediah Atkinson. Oh, and now we come to the worst best picture winner of all time, Forrest Gump. You You know which characters in Forrest Gump I envy? Lieutenant Dan's legs. (laughs) Because they got to leave early. (laughs) And that's all I have to say about that. Whoa. Yeah, I know. It's harsh. But hey, Uh, this is how I feel. Now Well, you're entitled to that. I am, aren't I? You know, and it seems most of the time. Well. Uh it seems as though I'm, you know, maybe a teeny tiny bit, you know, harsh uh, about this movie, but I just every time I see parts of it, I just get so incensed because 
I just don't understand why people don't get what's going on here. That you've got this revisionist history happening where basically, uh, uh, you know, a dummy, <laughs> no offense, but it has this great impact on American history. And what does that say about us? You know, what does that say about America? And is it trying to say that or is it not trying to say that? I don't know because I can't tell just by watching right. it, you know? So let me get to the scores here. And you know, they're depressing. Uh, it gets a, an 8.8 .8 out of 10 on the Internet Movie Database. Uh, and a slightly more palatable 71% on the Rotten Tomatoes Tomato Meter. But a ghastly 95% audience score on mm -hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, take, take that as you will. Uh, and since you've probably already been subjected to this vomitous mass of celluloid, I will spare you the details of where to watch it, except to say that you can see it right now on Stars or rent it from most streaming services for a few bucks. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Do yourself a favor and watch a decent historical documentary instead. Hey, but how about a fun fact? Did okay. you know that Bill Murray, John Travolta, and Chevy Chase all turned down the role of Forrest Gump? It's true. No. Yep, yep. But you can only I'm imagine. Not surprised. You can only imagine what those <laughs> versions would have been like. So I don't know. So that's that's my pick, my only pick. The only pick I need is Forrest Gump. There you go. Wow. Mm -hmm. The amount of vitriolic stuff that you just spouted has me shocked and incensed. Yes, and it's a good thing I have a a, um, a thing on my microphone, otherwise it would be just like soaking wet. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So my thoughts on this is that you're not wrong, but I think you're in the other category for this reason. With movies and theater, especially theater and plays and whatnot, I think the audience or the, the watcher is given the choice to either accept unconditionally or to question unconditionally. You can't be in between. You can't say, oh, well, this is a cool aspect, but I don't think it's real, so I don't think I like this part of the movie. You either like it or you hate it. And I think Forrest Gump is a great example of that sort of dichotomy between um, who you are as a viewer, I guess, versus like who you are as an intelligent human being. <laughs> mm, uh, yeah, okay. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, you know what? I'm not mad. I'm not actually that mad at that choice because I can only watch it once every like five years and then I just get over it. I'm over it. I don't like the whole Jenny plot line for sure. Um, and I think it was like, why keep it so vague about her death if all you did go like up to that was basically showcase how she was a drug addict and how she, you know, like did all these things that probably got her AIDS in the time of AIDS. So, you know, whatever. Yes, but okay. So I, I thought the same thing and I did a little research. Uh, and in the movie timeline, uh, she, she dies roughly around 1981 and they didn't have mm -hmm. a name for AIDS yet. Okay, fair enough. So that's a kind of a cop out by the directors then. Yeah, so you know <laughs> they they didn't have it. They didn't know what to call it in 1981. So I guess that was their excuse for not naming it. Um, but here, but you know, and and here's the thing. Okay, why why doesn't Forrest have it? Because they you know had sex, and why doesn't the kid have it? Because you know who knows when that happened. So you know those are some things that aren't really answered that well in the movie. Right. Yeah. I also feel like it's incredibly uncomfortable to watch that scene mm. because, 
you kind of feel like she's taking advantage. Like, like I think you're led to believe that this is a giant gift that she's doing for, for Forrest because she's a, she's a woman of like average intelligence and she's helping out the lesser, you know? Um, but I found it to be very uncomfortable. So again, I don't hate your pick. I'm just surprised because I thought you were a huge Tom Hanks fan. Oh, I am. So I, I am with, you know, I mean, but there are exceptions to, uh, to every rule. You know, this is so, true. and it's not about Tom Hanks in any way. It's just about right. the the entirety of the film itself and what it's trying to convey. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's valid. I think that's a good point, and I'm I'm kind of glad that you only have the one because if uh if you felt this way about another film, I'd be scared to f- to feel how this episode's going to end. Yeah, it's it just, would it yeah. would basically you know people would be like burning copies of it. <laughs> well. To keep in that theme, I'm going to give you uh, a little bit of a pick-me-up because oh. I have some da, 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 movie news. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. You've got movie news? Movie wait news. A wait a second here. How about this? Deep dive. Movie news. There you go. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> So basically the news is Wayne and I bought Bill and Ted face the music and oh. it was funny. It was heartwarming. It was charming. And I got to say, it was not a disappointment at all. It's one of those things where I was like, Oh, please don't ruin, you know, Bill and Ted from ages ago. I will say, I think Alex Winter had an easier time reverting back into Bill S. Preston Esquire than Keanu did into Ted. But overall, funny, funny movie, and so worth watching. Not in the theater, but at home. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, did um, you go to the theater to see that? No way, no way. Also, second part of my movie news, uh, Tenet re- recently came out, yes. and it is available in the uh, Showcase Cinema and the Amazon, uh, not Amazon, sorry, AMC Theater down the road. And I'll be honest, I was tempted because I want to see that. Yeah, me too. But, but... I actually read an article on how there's people who are protesting the movie because they think it's unsafe to be in the theaters and it's shameful for the movie theaters to be putting this movie out. Turns out they are not the only directorial company or movie company that's getting hate. Disney is coming up against a lot of it because, of course, Mulan just released on Disney+. Plus, yep. And you have to pay the premium membership in order to watch this live-action remake um, until I think they said December when it will be free for everybody. Now, believe me, I can understand that companies are having a hard time making up the profits due to the pandemic, but it just seems to me to take this beloved character, first of all, and make a remake, which I didn't think we needed, and then second of all, to then charge people an additional, I think it's like $29 to watch this film, seems really, really grimy. So the moral of this little short clip is watch Bill and Ted. Buy it. You can buy it right now on Voodoo for twenty five bucks. You can buy it on Apple TV. Don't go to the theaters to watch Tenant. Wait till it comes out on Blu Ray. And I would personally say wait till December so you can see Mulan because it's probably yeah. not worth pay the thirty dollars on Disney Plus. And the other thing Disney did is they just dumped their um, their first sort of X Men movie, The New Mutants, into theaters. Uh, this was yeah. a holdover from uh, before they bought Fox. Uh, and this is kind of like they're kind of like just throwing it into theaters because apparently the reviews are terrible and that it's mm-hmm. not a good movie. 
but it's kind of like this thing where they have an opportunity to dump it into theaters and then say, well, of course it's not doing well because nobody's going to the movies. It has nothing to do with the quality of the film. It just has to do with the fact that, oh, we've got COVID. And I think that's kind of slimy a little bit. It really is. It's definitely a cop-out. And it's a shame because I think the X-Men universe did such a great job with the first two movies. Mm-hmm. Everything thereafter has been kind of like, all right, I guess it's another Wolverine movie, right? At least in my opinion. Now, I'm not talking about Logan because that was fantastic. Yeah, but Logan's like, great, yeah. It, really, it really was. But like everything in between the first, second movie and then that, I was like, okay, another X-Men movie. So I kind of had hopes for this to be like, like giving me that nostalgia feeling of watching the 90s cartoon because that's what I was hoping for right. and I was just so excited. But uh, from what I understand, people are not digging it. I'm certainly not going to go watch it in the theater because, again, I don't think it's safe. Um, but it just seems like you're tempting people to give you those bad reviews by being just so weird about the releasing of it. Yeah. And, you know, not for nothing, but you could have put a little bit of extra money into it and we could have held off. And I, I think it would have been a great like benefactor of a whole new reboot, you know, or yeah, a catalyst of the yeah. word. And this is a film that has been like finished for a while. Yeah. It has been finished yeah, for, so, you know, it was supposed to come out, I, th- I think maybe in April of this year, but I think it was delayed multiple times before that. So, you know, you don't really know. Um, and they, this is one of those really kind of weird things because it still has the, uh, the the original sort of like uh th- like studio 20th century mm-hmm. but it's funny mm-hmm. because they changed it it is uh, it is not under the 20th century fox banner it is under the ch- the new name which is 20th century studios and they changed it mm-hmm. and you could see that in like the trailers so i don't know what their what their strategy is for this are they ultimately just going to reboot the entire x-men universe or you know what are they going to do i don't know I don't know. I don't. Know. I guess we'll. I guess we'll see. But thank you for tuning in to this edition of Deep Dive Movie News. There we <laughs> That's go. That's so good. That's, That's exciting. That's so good. <laughs> Very exciting. All stuff. right, let's go into some more pick. Here is my pick. I'm gonna do one pick because, uh, like you. This one pick kind of sums up everything for me, and I just okay. All right, let me just let me. Okay, my first pick is the much beloved Matrix era late '90s Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So, all right. It has classic actors, which everyone loves. Brad Pitt, right? Edward Norton, fresh off that, like, Nazi movie. (laughs) And Meatloaf. Oh, yes. Now, now, okay. So I mentioned that it's in the Matrix era, right? So there's that, that, like, that wantonness to just be psychological with everything to subvert people into thinking outside of the box as it were. But also it was like pre M night Shyamalan. So it wasn't like great. (laughs) Um, I personally don't like psychological thrillers as it were. Like I, I like horror films that kind of build up suspense and, and make you think, but this wasn't like that. This wasn't a horror film. This, in my opinion, 
was men having pity parties and then people thinking that their misplaced rage and anger was acceptable, right? But not having anything to back it up. So here's this movie, this director, David Fincher comes along and was like, hey, and I'm sure that people will argue with me regarding the book, but let's take the movie here. He essentially says that having a disassociated personality means that you can escape blame, you can be the terrorist, and you won't have any consequences. The idea that Edward Norton's character, his unnamed character, first finds this almost sexual gratification from being hit by uh, Brad Pitt's character, Tyler, kind of creeped me out. Like, I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. honest, when yeah. I first saw it, I didn't understand the, the, the context behind it. But I also think it's not enough to say that you are unfulfilled. There are other catalysts within your life that would cause you to kind of get to this point. You're not just a, I'm born and I'm unfulfilled. You know, he has a job that he doesn't like. He doesn't have a relationship or whatever these things that, that are coming up. It just, it seems like a really weak way to portray what happens to be probably an average American male, right? I, I think the movie did a great job in making people, meaning the audience, angry like like watching it was wait a minute i'm angry too and what about me in my life you know i have credit card debt i should go blow up in uh, a credit card company and and whatever and i want to join a cycle but i want to have this secret man society pause let's reflect on every other society in the world that was only for males and it was secret 99 percent of them weren't that good i'm looking at you freemasons <laughs> so <laughs> it's just it makes it feels like it makes the audience angry without having a substantial reason to be angry. It also kind of it was like let's bring a let's let's have a throwback to the 1970s London era of uh, punk anarchism and let's bring it to the modern day and like let's have rebels with that with with a cause and it just it didn't do it for me. I think that there is something to be garnered from it in that. People want to understand how the effects of loneliness and even like insomnia, which is what he thinks he suffers from, uh, play a part in daily lives. But this movie just just fits or it satisfies the idea that you are uh, ultimately always going to be the oppressed, right? And it felt like to me he was just trying to find an avenue to be the big cool high school bully that he always wanted to be. Um, now, the idea that towards the end, and what actually happens is, uh, Brad Pitt's character kind of comes forward in, in a hotel room and says, hey, guess what? Uh, I'm actually you, and you know, you're know you blanking out and going to sleep, and uh, you know it, it's me that comes out. The movie did not do a good job of trying to make the viewer understand that they were two different people. It was at that point where it got muddy enough to the point where I was like, all right, I, I get it. Like, I understand what's happening, but I don't have any, like, I can't believe any more past this point. Um, towards the end, when Edward Norton's character is like, oh, crap, it actually is me. And then they walk away from this, um, you know, planned explosion. It just was like, all right, so that's the end. The, the fulfillment that he's looking for all along and he ends up getting with this woman, Marla, uh, 
still happens despite him being like a total jerk and doing all these bad things. I don't know. It didn't sit well with me. And I think that the, oh, the thing that annoys me probably the most, truly the most, is when he finds out there's this idea that he wants to be a good person, again, quote, and tell the authorities, right? And, and let someone know that he's done this thing and it's bad. But the movie suggests that all the people that he needs, like all the higher ups, the police that he needs to tell about what's going on are involved in it. Like, like he's in this weird psychotic dream where everyone knows the plot and they won't help him because he set things in motion. And it just, it didn't seem believable after a while. I think, I think it just goes uh, a long, long way. It, it, It takes a really long winding road to get to the basic point of this dude just needs a friend and he needs to get a girlfriend. And it was, yeah, it just, I didn't like it for those reasons. But I, and I also think that it didn't portray maybe it's kind of like your in your first choice. It didn't necessarily portray women as being anything other than a body to sleep with. Right. Um, Marla isn't, it, she sometimes praises being a great character, but Helena bottom Carter's portrayal of her just made me angry. And it was like it, this satire of like, Oh great. We, we both want to know what's going on in our lives. And in order to do that, we pretend to have these ailments and we meet up at these, um, you know, like, AA meetings and support groups and whatnot. And it's just like, there are so many more complex things that go into one being at support groups and two wanting to discover yourself. It just, it seems like a really shallow way to say, Hey, I don't know what's going on. So let me go to this place of random people and pretend to have something. So I could feel something, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it just, it, I don't know. Everyone thinks it's great. Everyone I talk to loves it because there's this weird psychological aspect to it. It's a weird mind bender. I don't think that it is. I think it's lazy. I think there could have been so many better ways to represent uh, Brad Pitt or Tyler Durden as something else where you kind of get hints. Now, it might have been a little bit of a better story if it were obvious to the character that the point of the story was to be surprised and to accept, right? The whole idea is he walks away accepting that he has done this thing. But I just, I don't get that, you know? And I, to be a good suspense, um, you know, invigorating film, there has to be crumbs, right? These crumbs, one, aren't that obvious. That's not to say that, like, I didn't figure them out. I mean, I've seen the movie a couple of times and I'm like, oh, yeah, great, whatever, whatever. But it just, it didn't, it wanted, I think, to, to give people a punch in the gut at the end of the movie. And it didn't do a great one. It didn't, it didn't leave me with like, this is a great movie. Um, I still feel really bad about Meatloaf's death. Sorry if this is spoilers, by the way. It's been out for 20 years. Get yeah, over it. I think, that, um, I think that is bad. <laughs> um, I was still really upset about the way they handle, handled Meatloaf's death. That was just, I, I felt like unnecessary tragedy. And sometimes people... I, and I've, I've read like um, movie critics before that say there's a time and place to have a tragic, sad moment, but when there's nothing behind it and there's no meaning of it, it gets lost in, in the film. And I just, I, I remember thinking this is just pointless, you know? Um, and the whole soap thing is gross and you know, whatever, but a IMDb gives an 8.8 Metacritic gives it a 66, which I was pretty surprised about, but Rotten Tomatoes gives it a little bit better at 79. 
However, audience score is 96. Wow. So people love this movie. They love it. And I don't understand why. Now, you can watch it if you are so inclined on HBO, DirecTV, Amazon Prime. You can rent it or buy it most places. But I would say if you can watch it for free, let it be the one that you need to and then get it out of your head. It's just, it's not a great movie. And, and you know that I'm a big person for palette. The color palette in this movie gives me a headache. Maybe that's the reason why I don't like it. <laughs> but it's dark, and it doesn't make you feel like you're getting anything substantial out of this film. Nothing happens at the end. There's no, there's no cause and effect like the movie's supposed to be. It's just, he did this thing, he walks away, and then that's it. So, yeah. Okay, well. I don't uh, like Fight Club at all. I, I, You know what? I think I'm getting the point of that. Um, you seem to be... Yeah. You know, pretty invested in that, which is good. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a little bit, if that's okay. Oh, please. Please do. I think, you know, I, because I had, uh, I had read the book, Fight Club, mm. by really a tremendous author, uh, Chuck Palahniuk. Mm-hmm. And so the movie is very closely related to the book. And the book is really just making fun of these awful male alphas and their anger at the world mm -hmm. for not giving them what they were, what they felt they were promised. You know, there's a line in the film that goes something like, you know, we, we were told we were going to be rock stars and millionaires when that didn't happen. We got pissed off. And mm -hmm. I think it, it, and, and the director, David Fincher, who's amazing, uh, you know, because he did seven and, you know, a panic room and a bunch of other fantastic movies, Zodiac, um, he specifically said that this is a satire. It is making fun of these tropes. Mm -hmm. It is making fun of these men, how awful they are, how narcissistic and selfish they are, and how they're basically saying to the world, well, you know, you told me this and that, and you know, advertising said blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know what? That's an excuse. It's an excuse to be angry and ultimately, and I think the point of this film is that Anger is okay, violence is not. Because what does it mm -hmm. get you? What does it get you? In the end, it gets you a, a gun in the face, basically pulling the trigger on yourself to metaphorically kill your other self. And, I mean, I guess I'm just not a fan of the nihilism aspect of, of it either. No, you know? and, that's, and that's actually, I mean, I think it's designed to make you, like to shake you out of it saying, you know what, this is not okay. This looks terrible because it is terrible. These these are not good people. These are people that they feel that have been lied to their their entire lives. They are entitled or they feel that they are entitled and they are made to feel that they're, you know, that they're garbage, you know? And that's basically, you know, the film is saying, "No, you own this. You know, you're not special, but you're not trash either." You know, you are who you are. Violence will not get you anywhere. It'll get you dead. And mm -hmm. ultimately, it's a, it's futile violence. It only leads to more violence and bloodshed, ultimately. And so I, I always thought that this was, and I think, you know, it's funny. We mentioned, I, I mentioned this film in the last episode, Starship Troopers. Another film that people just really don't get is satire. Mm -hmm. Because it's so jingoistic and patriotic and cheesy 
that I think people, a lot of people mistook that for being earnest and it's not fight club is making fun of these people. It is a satire on this kind of sort of, you know, alpha male uh, stereotype. And in that way, I think it works well, but the problem is, and this is, you know, this is the chance that you take when you make a movie like this is a lot of these sort of, uh, you know, male groups and all these kind of took it to heart and really believed that this film was speaking to them in a profound way when it wasn't. It really so let me wasn't. ask you then, if this was written as a satire, but the majority of people who watched this movie took it as a uh, irrational, as it were, but took it to mean like, hey, I am the salt of the earth kind of thing. Is it still satire? If most people don't see it as being a satirical film, can we actually call it satire? And, you know, that, maybe the book, maybe the book does a better job. And, it, it and certainly because. Yeah, and certainly books are better at the drawing from imagination and the uh, intrinsicness of readers to put themselves in those positions. The film, though, the film is represent, it, it represents the director's idea. So you're being given and fed this visual uh, diatribe, as it were, uh, of stuff that you have to accept. And I think... That's a really dangerous thing it because is. the these people, right? Especially, like I said, I feel like the late '90s and early '90s, and even in the film was released. There was like this this stereotype male, right? That was like, I'm I'm gonna wear boots and I'm going to listen to thrash music and all this fun stuff, right? And this film kind of gave them an avenue to be that way about nothing substantial there's nothing behind like these oh poor me and like uh you know the world is against me mentality and i can understand if the book wants to make fun of that and i would applaud that so i may actually just have to go and read this book but i, I just the film rubs me the wrong way and i do not think it's one of edward norton's best uh portrayals i really don't yeah, and i get and, and i fair. get what you're saying and that's yeah. fair, but to me, the best satire is almost indistinguishable from what it's satirizing, because that means it's so good and so well done that it, you know, it looks and sounds like what it's making fun of. Uh, and I think you have to do that in order to be real satire. You have to get as close as you can to the subject matter that you're satirizing, even to the detriment of people believing it. And I think in a way that echoes what I, what I talked about with Forrest Gump is that a lot of people felt about this. They love this movie because they feel it's so sweet and earnest and nostalgic and all that. But to me, that's hiding something a little more sinister, which is, you know, revisionist history. That's nonsense. Uh, now, I don't. I don't like I don't begrudge you your your viewpoint. And I think it's it's not uncommon, uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, blaming and, and I don't say this lightly. I, you know, people blame movies for a lot of things. They blame mm -hmm. movies for violence. They blame movies for promiscuity. They will blame movies for inciting, you know, people to do things that, you know, bad mm -hmm. things. Um, and, you know, it's like it's like when people were blaming video games for violence. I mean, you know that that proclivity is always going to be there in people and mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what sets it off something will 
You know, um, sure. I think about a quote from Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, he once he once was asked about uh, some copycat killers after uh, Psycho came out. And he basically said, look, uh, not only should people that commit crimes after or based on seeing a movie, not only should they be thrown in jail for the rest of their lives, but they should be sued for plagiarism. So that's kind of my take on it. Um, and he was joking, of course, but I, I, I totally see. But I think the best films sometimes can generate the most wide ranging responses or feelings from people. And I think you, there's one thing you can't say about Fight Club is that it's boring or that it doesn't evoke a response. And I think in that in that instance, it did its job very well. You know, you don't have to like it, but you remember it and you certainly have an opinion about it. Yeah, yeah, everything you said is valid. And I and I accept that. I, I guess what the problem is that everyone has their own opinion, right? Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. the beauty, the beauty of it and the problem. And for me, satire is always best when you know it and also when they break the fourth wall and it's just funny. I think of like mockumentary films that I just absolutely adore. And I like being in on the joke, if that makes sense. But I also understand your concept of satire being or imperceptible to the point where people don't realize it and, and believe that the, I guess not the lie, but the comedic thing that's being uh, portrayed is also to the credit of the director and the writer. And that it's, it's a great talent. Um, it's just one of those things where this rubbed me the wrong way and diving deeper into it, no pun intended, mm, but I'm uh, but I'm <laughs> it made me realize that even though I consider myself to be a pretty uh, open-minded person and, and give things second, third, sometimes fourth chances, this one I just can't do. I find it personally offensive. And that's totally valid. I totally understand that reaction. I totally, I mean, it, it's, like I said, that to, to, to have that kind of impact, you know, is probably what the point of the film was in the first place. And so, you know what? Kudos to them. Hats off to them. And you know what? I think the Chuck Kalanick book probably did a way better job. And I, I am interested in, in seeing the, the matchup between that and the film. But it, it might be one of those things where I'll read it when I have no other books to read. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but anyways, that's my pick. That's, I appreciate you listening to my very, uh, you know, <laughs> hate-filled diatribe on this movie that I don't like. Um, but just so our, our listeners know, that, of course, was the point of the episode. Yes. Um, we wanted to make people think about uh, choices that just seem so overwhelmingly popular. But, you know, like I said, everyone has their own opinion. So we had a lot of fun with this episode. It really was just meant to be fun so yes. um and, and if it's the yeah. first time you're listening we're not, exactly. we're not usually you know uh two cranky pants exactly and honestly the whole point of our show is to showcase these your picks and choices and typically we don't really tell you what we don't like we just give you what we liked about it um because you know what we're pretty cool here at the deep dive podcast that's all i'm gonna say oh you think that. i'm cool oh uh, yeah. yeah fine yeah Whatever. um but you have any honorable mentions? I actually do. I have a, I have a few. Cool. Uh, my first one is Gone with the Wind, which is more like no. Gone with the Wind to me. No, no, no. It is. You can't even take. It's you can't long, take my honorable mention. It's long. It's boring. It's racist. I don't like it. <laughs> oh 
Oh my goodness. That's literally my number. I'm looking at my notes and that is my number one honorable mention. Aha. <laughs> See that great minds. There uh, you go. Um, also both cars movies from Pixar. Those were a waste of pixels. <gasps> okay. All right. And finally, okay. A Russell Crowe double feature, a beautiful mind no. and gladiator. No, yes. take it back. No, I will not take it back. I can't stand. Oh, Gladiator. Movies. I love it. Yuck. Okay. So, all right. Fair enough. My choices for honorable mentions were <laughs> Gone with the Wind. Really? Yeah. Wow. Good, good fellas. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And Casablanca. Casablanca. Okay. Maybe it was the 1940s and maybe everything was campy in the 1940s. Yeah. But I just wasn't swept up in the action and drama of humans selling humans and, and all this stuff and the fighting and the wars. And it was just so complicated that the, the narrative is just crazy. And I know people look at this movie and I know that their nostalgia for this movie overrides. It supersedes any critical thinking about this movie. But they, the, there's not a, a big, it's not love. It's not, uh, I, anyways. You guys, that wasn't my second choice, so I'm not going to go into it. But those are my honorable mentions. Wow, okay? I'm glad you didn't say Citizen Kane, so there you go. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I do love, and I thought maybe I would talk about it because I hated it when I first watched it, what? was 12 Angry Men. Oh, which one? Like the original? The original. Yeah. And, and you know why? It was because I saw it in school, and oh, I did man. not get it. You, you never liked any movie I, you see in school. That's the thing. It, most of the time, you don't. But then I watched it as an adult, and I was like, this is a brilliant, brilliant piece of cinematic oh, history. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So let's take a quick little breather here, right? Uh, and we're going to brush off all the angry, brush off all the angry. Okay. And now we come to that part of the show that I reminded about Ooh. in the beginning. Yes, yes. Yep. I have something super special, something super awesome to tell you and to tell our listeners. Wayne is pregnant? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh no no oh, no 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 no. <laughs> no we are having a contest <gasps> yes we a are? contest a contest to match all contests well first, it's, it's our first it's our first one okay yeah so but anyways bar is low it's really really exciting so here is what we've got com uh, coming up. As you know, we're in September, we're in early September, but this is going to be kind of one of the only few we have for this month because we're focusing on our October extravaganza. Yes. So last year we did four episodes, one episode per week of different horror genres. This year we're going to do the same thing, but they're going to be different genres. Yep. We're going to have we're going to have so much in it's just going to be a horror-filled fun time and i am so excited for you guys to hear what's coming up but our contest will actually involve you in this process what? what so we want you to come up with a topic for one of our shows so it won't be uh it won't be coming up too too soon but it's coming up and you have until uh halloween is over to submit them. But basically, we want you to come up with a topic for our show. And what do we mean by that? Well, as you know, if you are a listener, we pick a topic that typically revolves around um, the very open, wide spectrum of movies. Yeah. And then we come up with films to review based on those topics. We want you to pick one. And 
We'll enter everybody's suggestion in a random generator. If you're chosen, here's what you're going to get. This is this is oh, so cool, right? I'm excited. <laughs> you're going to win a t-shirt <gasps> from our really cool, super awesome merch store. Ooh. You'll let us know which one you like. We I think we have four designs right now. Yes, You yes. can pick one. At the moment. And we, we will send you. At the moment. Ooh, that is foreshadowing right Shh, there. Don't tell <laughs> You're going to get a t-shirt. You're going to get a magnet. You're going to get a super <gasps> awesome Exclusive brand new deep dive pin. Ooh. And the best part what? is that you're going to get to introduce your topic on our show. Wow. So whether that's you recording it and sending it in, whether that's you uh, introducing it live, you're going to be part of this show that you helped create. This is so exciting. I am so pumped. My goodness. Wow. Now, I thought it was going to be, enter? you know, win a date with my cat. But other than that, <laughs> I think that's fine. I mean, it wouldn't be that exciting, Pump. You'd probably just hang out on the couch. Mm, so That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But how can you get involved? Well, as you know, we have a website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. There, you're going to find links to all our old episodes. You're going to find links to our social medias and ways to contact us, including our email, which is thedeepdivepodcast at gmail.com. Send in your submissions. You have until October 31st you send in one topic mm. and then we're going to gather everybody we're going to put them in a very random generator to make sure it's fair and then we will contact you sometime in November to get you uh, all your information to send you out your t-shirt to send you out your magnet and your pin I mean this is pretty big deal this is wow. huge we're giving you our entire stock of merchandise <laughs> now am I eligible for entry negative oh. yeah. <laughs> nobody in the Feeney or Jennings family can enter but anybody else you're more than welcome to and honestly this contest will be open internationally so if you happen to be one of our millions and millions of fans in the netherlands we will ship it out there yep. if you live in california we'll ship it out if now, you live in texas little, no dice uh, we're not no, sending it I'm out just kidding nope. So I hope that that gets you as excited as I am because I am so stoked to hear from you guys. Um, we love when people send in suggestions yes. and when they send us in comments. And you can always do that by rating us on iTunes uh, through Apple Podcast, or you can send us an email or drop a line on our Instagram. But this is going to be your chance to get involved with our little our little pony show, and <laughs> I think it's going to be super exciting. I can't wait because this is like. Yay! This is the first time we're doing something like this that's really, you mm -hmm. know, uh, that I think is really cool. And, I, and I'm really hoping that all of you listening out there will get engaged, not to each other, but to this contest. <laughs> and, and just basically contact us. Let us know what you'd like to hear from us as a topic. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited to hear what some of you uh, suggest. So please, please, please vote early and often. <laughs> also, if you live in the States, get ready to vote. We're not telling you who to, but you have to vote. Yeah, yeah, but you gotta this, vote. Just vote, all right? <laughs> Come on, just do it. But, you know, this this is one of those episodes where we have some good news, we have some eh news, but the best news of all is that you can listen to all of our episodes previous to this on our website, or you can find it on Apple Podcasts, on iHeartRadio, on Overcast. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We know what scares you. <laughs> Speaking of scaring... Mm. As I mentioned, we're coming up on the Halloween season. Oh you know. my gosh, my favorite. <laughs> Halloween starts October 1st for us around here. This is like, we've already started decorating uh, in our house. So I'm just like, mm -hmm. you know, I can't, I, I can't contain it. I love the Halloween season. 
And, you know, now more than ever, I think we need to celebrate things that we love and that we get excited about. So you need to stay tuned to our social medias. We're going to be having some cool things come out, some really fun, you know, just engaging things. And they're going to be surrounded by Halloween and it's going to be so awesome. Oh, and so yeah, cool. I just can't stand my excitement. But anyways, do you want to go over our picks real quick? Yes. Yeah, so my pick for movies that are movie that I hate and other people love is the exorable Forrest Gump. It's crap. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh. And mine was very passable fight club. But, you know, if you don't agree with us, that's the best part. Write in. Tell us why. We would love to hear from you. And we may even just read them on the next episode. Exactly. But what's coming, what's coming up next? I think we have another microcast, don't we? Yes, we do. So this was the one that we were going to air uh, last week, but we went with the uh, sort of the Chadwick Boseman Black Panther episode. So on mm-hmm. the next microcast, we're going to run uh, the one that was originally scheduled, which is a look at the most expensive flops in movie histories. Failures so bad, <laughs> they destroyed the studios that made them. So tune in next week. Ooh, exciting. Absolutely. But yeah. Now, pretty much it for me. That, what have you got? This is it. This is it. I think we are at the end. I feel so much better now. I feel like I have gotten uh, gotten some things uh, off my chest, <laughs> and it was I, it was a therapy session. It was very cathartic. I think. Yes. You know, so oh. I, I'm I'm gonna go take a nap, and mm-hmm. you know, just enjoy the rest of the uh, Labor Day weekend. So, that, you got any plans? Yes, I don't. But did you hear? On Martha's Vineyard, they're recreating the boat from Jaws. Really? And they're going to the be orca. Taking, yes, yes, they're going to be taking the people on the oak on the orca out on these like whale watching like missions and fact finding missions, and it's all about um, research and to promote like like uh, sea welfare. It's actually being partnered by the White Con- White Shark Conservancy, I think, of North America. So that's exciting, and I'm going to be tuning into that. I don't have any plans for Labor Day because uh, you know, like COVID. So, yeah, yeah. um, I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you one thing though, at Martha's Vineyard, when they're going to do that thing, I'm going to say it right now. They're going to need a bigger boat. Bigger boat. Ah! I'm telling you. Okay. And with, and with that, <laughs> we have come to the end of our episode. <laughs> and it's about darn time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So thank you for listening. And on behalf of the amazing Mandalorian and myself, Tom Feeney from the confines of studio D Please stay healthy and keep listening. Wear your mask, people. Damn right. You can find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram feeds on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. If you like us, please subscribe. All clips are intended for educational use only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Blaney and EchoCraft. Thanks for listening. Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media. Sorry I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party.